Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today, we have a very special guest who's near and dear to my heart, Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis is an Academy Award-nominated actress and all-around badass chick. I know I can call her a chick because she's my sister-in-law, and she knows it's a term of endearment. We talk about spending the last 20 years being ostensibly related to one another and have a lot of fun doing it. Please enjoy my conversation with Juliette Lewis. But I want to say that Brad Wilk, yeah. who is your boyfriend, yes. did the drum intro. Did the drum intro, everybody, so from we, Rage Against the Machine, Mr. Brad Wilk. Yeah, and I haven't known how to acknowledge that, and oh. I'm really glad we're acknowledging that yeah. now, because we should have freaking acknowledged that from day one, but I didn't know if he like was uncomfortable, like, I'm oh trying my God, to he, use Brad to make my show Everyone, popular. we all worry about things. No, he's thrilled to support you, and I'm like his stage mom, so I'm like, you have a world-class drummer who's doing your intro, Ethan Suplee. That's how I his feel. His name is Brad Wilk. Yeah. So. And he did awesome drumming intros. I yeah. remember sitting with Ethan and Brandy when he got the text with the drum file, and mm. we were like... <gasps> like so excited it was so just good amazing that's every how time i, I feel it. every time he sits behind a kit and just just like <laughs> oh my god what was i gonna say he worked on that for a, so a couple good. days like he thought about it he doesn't you know yeah even though he could just do anything he, he was being thoughtful about it yeah and by the way i was like hey you're the only musician i really know can you just do something and and then i say that and i'm like what if somebody said, just perform a scene for me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a much bigger deal than I thought of it. I thought like, no, you're just at home and just yeah. push record on your sound memo on your phone and we'll do it. And he actually did a whole session. Yeah. And we got he this recorded. amazing. Gave you range. Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's fantastic. So. He takes you out. We've officially you acknowledged it on the show. Yeah. I feel comfortable because. He's your boyfriend, your longtime boyfriend. Yes. So I'm not just trying to use Brad Wilk as like, I'm super cool. Like it's a natural no, conversation. No, I, I, but I, we do feel cool. I for sure feel cool. <laughs> and that's okay too. 100%. Yeah. He's an insanely talented drummer. We all support drummer. each other. Yeah. Juliet, welcome to American Glutton Podcast. Thanks. Yeah. That's cool. I like this title. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Because we've all been a glutton to some extent. Yeah, I find it to be slightly amusing, mm -hmm. but also very honest. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's applicable. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's perfect. Now, 
I know you very well. You are my sister-in-law. Yeah, should we tell time. everybody that? Yeah, we should tell everyone that. We're family. Ethan and I are family. We go back many, 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 many years. Yeah. And I have seen the progression of you again. And I've said this so many times on the show. I would never look at you and think, here is a girl who has to think about her figure. Right. Because you've always, as long as I've known you, had a great, from my point of view. I've been a little great, a little wee person. Yeah, but not. Petite. But, okay, petite, but also your energy level is insanely high. You do stage acts that you do physical activities on stage that are shocking to me. I hope I can still do it. Age is a thing. I'm sure age is a thing, but Ugh. the last time I saw you on stage, which wasn't that long ago, yeah. you were still, you brought the energy. The problem is I hadn't done a show with my band, The Licks, which for me, we were, that was what that band was, is sort of an exorcism in releasing energy and being sort of like your superhero self. I hadn't played with them in eight years. So I came out of the gate as if we just came off tour. And as you know, I busted my knees and couldn't walk for a month. Yeah. That was real. Like I had popped them. They didn't dislocate. <laughs> this is in song two. Yeah. But and, but you finished uh, the set. I finished this set. And nobody could tell that uh, you busted your knees. I um but you, the mental thing that was happening, I was like, well, you could go off the stage. And I felt wobbly because basically what had happened is I launched on my knees like a very James Brown move that you know we revere as stage performers. Uh uh went on my knees and then pounded because and I had so much adrenaline. Is surging and I oh when I dropped my knees I heard this in Oof. my body like even Oof. though there's loud rock music I, I was like oh that's a sound I've never heard my body do before and then when I got up like everything was mental I, I got up and I was like okay easy does it and I literally felt wobbly so what had happened the next day I went immediately to the doctor to see if I tour things had an MRI it just they just ballooned up with fluid and so I just tore basically the or um what do you stretch the ligaments but they were like they were straight I couldn't bend them right. and then had to do physical therapy for a month yeah didn't require th th surgery and you still played the whole set like it wasn't cut short and nobody could tell so that's like an insane feat that's cool. <laughs> That's no, you know, it's hilarious. I don't know if you had this built in being a young actor, but I would always tell people my my acting work ethic is sort of what helped me in rock and roll to tour and to get stuff done. And to we made records within three weeks. You know, I always gave myself a deadline. And even when we were touring, I was like, there's no sick days. I had to learn the hard way when I had bronchitis or a fever. I was like, oh, this is why your booking agent put two days off in Ireland. Because right. you were going to need it. And I didn't know that at the time. But being a young actor, I got that sort of brainwashed to me of like how much money you cost people if you you are sick yeah so we don't really you'll work through i think now the culture of our industry is changing a little bit to be more nurturing of the human being but back in the day anyway no doctors come to your work yes unless you have to go to the hospital yes. and it's life-threatening you kind of just make it through because you do if it, I mean, unless you're not an integral piece to the puzzle that day. Yeah. And they can switch the schedule around yeah. you. You something. cost 200 people their day's work. They can't do it. Without yeah. People you. don't know. It'd be like a hundred grand at least a day. Something it crazy. A, yeah. And then they have insurance for that. But who right. wants to be then it follows you around. Yep. Like, you cost uh, a company this much money one day, we yeah. heard. Uh -huh. So now insuring you costs extra money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you don't want to be that person. I know that you're, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say concerned with your health, but I know that it's a factor in your thinking. I want to talk to you both about like what you find successful in your life. Yeah. But, but there's multiple parts because I think it would be different from you outside of work you on a movie set, yes. and you on tour. Those are three very different energy requirements, I think. 100%. 
So I haven't been touring or playing shows uh, like I did because there was a time when age 30, I did my lifelong dream of singing, put a band together, wrote music, made records. And that was my livelihood for like six years. So now I've been having a good a good run. I worked a bunch uh, last couple of years. Things more things are coming out. So I've mainly been doing my acting work. And people don't know, like a short day on a set. It, well, now I've been lucky getting ensemble pieces. So you're not the lead. But a short day is what, 13 hours of 14 yeah. hours? Yeah, I mean, if you factor in, like, all the stuff that happens before you actually start working. Yeah, the drive there, right. when you get home, taking off your makeup. Then you got to learn lines for right. the next day. I've been doing lots of TV. You're versed in TV, so. But you know how it goes. So you work these long days. Can't work out. So for me, everything I do, and then now I'm older. So I am definitely like comedians make jokes about it. Like we're just tired. You're just more tired as an older person. It takes a little more to get up in the morning um, and then maintain and sustain energy. So for me, everything I do is about how to sustain energy, how to keep your energy own oh, focus, mental focus. Um so uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I've been noticing when I can't run. So I like doing, you know, I'm, I like working out. I do my Barry's Boot Camp. I yes. can't give enough love to Barry's Boot Camp. It's the perfect workout for me. Half, uh, what do they call it? Uh, anaero- no, um, when you're running. Aerobic. Thank you. Wow, it was right there. I just dropped my sentences. Um, yeah, but they do all of and it, And strength right? training. Yeah. And little light weights and stuff like that. So for me, it's less about... Because I am in an industry is so focused on your looks and like, okay, that's it's for me, it's less about that. And it's more how to cultivate and sustain energy and then mental health. It's a deep thing of how you feel in your head affects your energy level in your body. Yeah, And I know it from like, if you're having a tough time with a family member or um, some kind of stress it'll affect your motivation. Like I don't, maybe don't want to get out of bed or don't want to work out. It's just funny how the mind will affect how you feel physically. And then reversely, you could go, so I think of it as inside out health, mental health, and outside in. Say you can't change your thoughts in the morning or you don't. I've been trying these five-minute little meditation apps. So I will do it from the outside in. So I'll go hit a Barry's Bootcamp class or do a hot yoga or something. And you'll be like, wow, why am I not making myself just do that more often? Because I me always changes. Yeah. All, even just, I guess, the endorphins or the fact you accomplish something, it, it, you know, anything like that. It'll change your internal headspace. For the longest <laughs> time, I never exercised for a huge portion of my life, like not in school or anything. And I always remember hearing about endorphins and thinking, that's bullshit. Right. If I do exert myself, I never feel better. No, you felt just straight just up tired. Awful. And yeah. Sick. And right. like I need to lay down now. But I, I think once you put some consistency in it, it is true. If I exercise, I feel better that day. It yeah. just changes my whole day mentally and physically. Maybe not if I exercise to the point of like destroying myself. Yeah. But like there is a certain point where you get to and you, you, you but I also think there was um, when I was riding bikes a lot too. I would hit that. I routinely destroyed myself on a daily basis, and you would hit kind of a zone riding right. a bike where you're like, Plot "Oh my says. god, this is the greatest feeling ever!" And I'm just going to ride this out, and I'm going to do it until I am need to lay down. Yeah, there's a two part for people who are not physically active yet or have a routine. You just start with walks. Because I know even when I've gotten out of shape, just uh, in my eggs, uh, I could get tired easy. Uh, everything turns around. So you just start with walks in nature, like a 20-minute walk. So you can always build your way up there. And then what you're talking about is like when I've gone to Barry's and didn't sleep enough. You know, you're debating like sleep or workout. And I find that doing a run always, especially like I've traveled around the world and jet lag so you're in this debate, do I chase sleep or do I just trick the body and get the motor running? And I find I'm, it, it's always good to do a walk on a treadmill or run. Um, but to say what you're saying is I've done it where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to leave mid-class. It's 15 minutes. I'm like, this is too much. 
And when you, the, the people talk about it, when you push past that point, you hit these plateaus and then you're just sailing. Yeah. It's the greatest feeling <laughs> ever. It's pretty good. Um, okay. Now about food, I almost taking a cue from you will now bring food with me everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and this is truly something that I saw you do. And I always like, but we're going to go to a place where there's food. Why does Juliet need food? And then I realized it took me a long time, but it's like, well, if you're being specific about what you're eating, you can't rely on some place to have food for you. You know, what's funny is you're very honest, very vulnerable. Uh, First thing that you talked about was how you hoarded food or thought about eating and you'd hide it yeah. or not hoarded, but hid that and that whole mental process. I have a different, just even being a skinny person, I think because we grew up at times not with a lot of money. And I specifically remember one day, like three kids and my mom and we like shared two, two eggs. Like you get a bite. Okay. You get a bite now off to school. I don't know if Brandy has this memory, but I, you know, and you went off. So that was a version of poverty where you're barely fed. So anyway, I get an anxiety about food and water or drinking. That's much like as if you might have gone through a malnourishment and they're my security blankets. So everyone should who doesn't know me, everyone who knows me, I am always caring like, liquids like coconut smoothie in my purse, a pre-made shake, uh, water, or, um, I, oh, I left them in my car because I knew this would be short, but I have pistachio <laughs> nuts um, and three different drinks right now in my car. But yeah, I think my anxiety, I have a thing because I have been to places where three hours go by. That's the other thing as I, I learned, but I learned the hard way through Listening to my body growing up, I did eat shitty and did um, not take care of myself. So you learn like, oh, I do need to eat every couple hours to to create energy for myself. So so it's not so much about safeguarding what kind of food you have. It's just about like, I'm going to get hungry and I'm going to need to eat frequently. No, for me, it also is. I tell I could tell everybody this, too, because they'll ask, what do you do? The safe bet that everyone could know, but I know it's challenging for people. And you might have a different opinion on carbs. Well, there's good carbs, bad carbs, isn't there? But I always tell everybody, get rid of dairy, sugar, and starches. Like, just start there. And then I'm with you where you eat eat in five days, have one of those things or a splurge. Don't go crazy. But in in a general thing, my diet is protein vegetables. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do all the time. So it is a mixture of the two. It's a mixture of like, you're going to show up somewhere and who knows what they're going to have for you. They could have little cakes set out and you don't want to eat that. You're going to feel like crap. Yeah, I generally don't do the sugar things. But if I'm starving, I will, you know, when in Rome, I'll eat what people have but um and i'm not a vegan so i don't i struggle as much in public places of you know when they're serving us at these dinners or something so i'll just try to stick within that protein is a big thing for me though i've I've noticed i need and fats i oh i eat avocados every day of my life i love that's what one of the things me and Brad bonded over. Your love for uh, avocados. Avocados, like, yes. You like avocados? I like avocados. We were somewhere traveling <laughs> all together, and I don't know where it was, fully remembering like a whole bum out because there were no avocados. <laughs> I don't know where we were in the world, but we were somewhere, and it was like, what? There's no avocados no here avocado. because in California, you have to be in season. Oh yeah, we're year spoiled. round. We basically have avocado, and we can get a, a like a month where they're just not ripe. Yeah, but then you just put them in a paper bag or something, and, and you be ripe them. It's yeah. a magic trick. Yeah. I still don't know the science behind that ripening avocados. I don't either. I think it's something with like they they release some kind of carbon dioxide or All something, right. and then it ferment. I don't know. That's don't probably know. total BS. We could Google it. Yeah. I do want to say one thing of this whole, like our culture and also age, you become such a creature of habit. Whereas when you're a kid, you're just, yeah, what it, you just don't think of, you're rarely thinking of the future basically. So, or consequences. So you just can roll with the punches. So for me, 
everything's about balance. I don't want to be too married to the routine or food that I, you can't function in places. Cause we, I travel so much and especially, wow, tour was a culture shock. So many places. Cause they don't have, we had that down to a science of what I, what you could eat to perform. I became, okay. I, so many thoughts are going on, but one is I want to be able to be, what's that word? Um, where you can roll like adaptable. Yeah. Adaptable. But yet you do want your structure. So it's all within, it's all relative. The other thing is on tour, my quick fix food, because in Europe, they put uh, tuna in olive oil. So it was cans of tuna and olive oil and crackers. Yeah. I pretty much lived off this so much. I toured a year. I went home and did all the allergy testing. And he's like, you're allergic to tuna. <laughs> I think I created an allergy. Right, just because that was your only protein what I source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When in Rome, you said, which I think is funny, and then becoming more amenable. I was in Rome once in 2004, and that was kind of the beginning of my journey into dieting. It was very new, and I had I had been dieting for a while, but it was still fragile, and I had right. I was nowhere near any goal. And I was out to dinner with some very, very fancy people. I was for sure the odd man out at uh, this dinner. It was like Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks and Roberto Benigni and his wife. And we're going oh to- Oh my God. And it's peer pressure. And it's peer pressure. And we're going Italy. to Roberto Benigni's favorite restaurant. And he's the mayor of Rome. And I'm there and I'm like, what am I allowed to eat here? Okay, I'm allowed to eat like fish and chicken and vegetables. But it was so specific. I can't even eat tomatoes and we're in Rome and like everything's got tomatoes. And so I'm like being very picky and everything's coursed out. Yes. And then there's the pasta course, which I just kind of pushed my plate over Mm -hmm. to my buddy. Like, I don't even don't please don't put it on my plate. And Roberto Benini said, "Like, no, no, you must. You have this is my, you must have this. this is the best in my my country. My country, it's the best in the whole country. You have to try this." And I was like, "No, no, I can't. I, this is not. This is but not." But you're for in me. Italy. <laughs> it <laughs> ended with him standing on the table, of course, with a single penny <laughs> covered in red sauce, speared <laughs> on a fork, thrusting it in my face. With Steven Spielberg leaning over to me going, eat the pasta. (laughs) And I was just going, no. Now, I have had so many times remembering this going, I should have eaten the pasta. But then there have been other times where I'm like, damn straight, I didn't eat that. I didn't cake that. Your pasta. I don't. I wasn't eating pasta at the time. Now, being in a place where I'll eat pasta occasionally, I'm like, I bet that was good pasta. Here's the hilarity in that because he... The joke of you could have like went, you don't understand. It's an issue for me. And then everyone's silent. I did all <laughs> that. Sweat. I oh, they did didn't all that. They did not care. I was like, no, you don't understand. I can see my life flashing before yeah. my eyes. That's I have the addiction end. problems. Yeah. Leave me alone. I did all of that. Oh. I was like, I will be in an alley at the end of the night <laughs> if I put that in my mouth. That was my position. Nothing. I love that in Italy they can handle this level of emotion. Yeah. So it was just a, a friendly conversation. It was really. like, you're going to insult. Your yeah. life is not worth insulting my country. No. Eat the pasta. And 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 I've had times where I completely see their point. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I should have eaten the it's pasta. It was bite. rude. It's it was just rude. Just a bite. Well, yeah. some people. Just a are... bite. But so now I'm more amenable. Now I right. can. <laughs> Now I'd eat the pasta. There's no way I turned down that pasta. It's funny because there's certain things I, because people are really into sushi, you know. Yeah. Sushi. And people have offered me, you know, probably the best sushi. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Psychologically, I can't get past (laughs) that this is a raw fish. But it's great. They have seasoning. It's lemon. It's fresh. It's a raw fish. Yeah. That's like eating uh, guts of some. I right. don't. We no. cook our fish in America, people. So uh, yeah. what if it was. Um, well, this is in America. You know, sushi. I know, everybody I was loves kidding. it. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. But there, I remember my first encounters with sushi. I felt very much the same way. And then you just eat the eel because it's not only is it cooked, but it's covered in like ter- sweet teriyaki yeah, all sauce. Yeah, sweet sauce. I did have a bite of sushi, and then it proved my point. Go, yep, it's slimy and disgusting, and my body's freaking out. Thanks for that. I went, didn't need it. I went to the 
very fancy. They made a movie about this place, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. It's in a subway station in Tokyo. Oh, my God. With friends are used to California rolls Mm -hmm. being sushi, which is cooked crab wrapped in things. That did not exist in this sushi spot. And I had a buddy who was pulling sushi out of his pockets for three days because Everything that came that he was scared of <laughs> went into his pocket, not into his mouth. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just oblivious going like, oh, yeah. everything's so good and this is so good. Is it worth three Michelin stars? I don't know, but it's fantastic. And not paying attention to the fact that I had buddies who were going like, not going to eat this. Yeah, and they're like, this is the best sushi in a subway station I've ever had. Yeah. Um. Where's the California rolls? Yes. Yeah. I one time had a similar experience where they served something where they, I think it was a sh- something, the chef pulled it out of the water, cut the head off, slapped the fish on the rice and put it in front of the person I was with. Sounds you so could good. still see it kind of moving mm. on the rice. So the rest of us were like, no. And that person had it and was so happy. Like now I would try anything. I feel more adventurous, but at the time it's like, no like, way. Sense that fish's life in your mouth more ah. when it I Did, mean this is really gonna bum some people it out. is but yeah. does everyone know how you taught your daughters where food comes from the whole thought uh, it's sort it I is ethical if you're gonna eat meat or something that was living be educated about it yeah where when, it came from that was pretty interesting that, was, that you did. I think it's smart. So the people learn it doesn't come from, you know, little kids. It doesn't come from saran wrap in a market. Yeah. There was, um, I haven't told you this, but no. the, when Clementine and Grace were like three and five or two and four or something very young. And I think they had only seen meat is a packaged thing at the store, like a box of noodles and you know, whatever. It's just, yeah. it's all the same stuff. You go to a store and some stuff is meat and some stuff is vegetables. As a kid, you have and no, real no idea. concept. And I really wanted them to understand that that was an animal, like the cute little animal that they watch in a thing. I just want them to know what it was. And there is a butcher, I think it's called Harmony Farms in La Crescenta. It was the only place in Los Angeles County that I could find that wow. butchered game meat. And so what does game meat mean? Something a person hunted. Oh, okay. There may be other places, but this was, you know, 12 years ago. And I took them there and watched they were able to watch this butcher break down a deer from like here's a deer skinning skinning guts, guts out. out like and and I was like this this is meat. This is what meat starts as. How old were they? Three and five, I think. Oh, my God. How did they do with it? I mean, it is a reality. That's what you're eating when you're eating meat. It didn't. It just, it, it was did educational. Not them out. It mm-hmm. didn't, it didn't dissuade them from eating meat, which wasn't the purpose. The purpose was just to Be understand. educated. Yeah. I was slightly confused a little bit later when Clementine said, um, Dad, I, I want a rabbit. Can we get a rabbit? And I said, sure. And she walked away and two minutes later came back and said, nope. We're getting two in case you want to eat one of them. And I was like, ah, I don't know that you should ever have the thought that I would eat your pet because I would never eat your pet. And I hope that that this wasn't the thing of like, look, cuddly animals are what we eat. No, you can, you know, but you cannot eat them. This is we're such city folk because on the on a farm, this is you raise them, you care for them, and then you kill them. Yeah, them. maybe it's even more humane to, you know, treat an animal nicely. But I and think then so. Eat There's it. no maybe. The factory farming's pretty awful. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So you have learned kind of to be amenable. You can safeguard where you want to and also, but I'm saying like with time and age, you've relaxed. Like, were you saying that it was more hardcore earlier on? No, I'm saying it's, it's funny because everybody, everything about me is duality. And I think that it's can be with most people. Yeah. I'm just very conscious of meaning on the one hand, I wish I had a lead stomach and could eat anything and nothing. It didn't matter. And, you know, and there's some people like that. They just seem to have no issues. They're few and far between. So there's that because that's freedom. That means anytime you travel or, or like Brandy or my sister, if she she can set her clock, she seems to be immune or invincible to jet lag. You know, whereas she's like, no, just don't think about it because I'll be like, Right now, it's three in the morning at home. No wonder I feel like that. And she'll just change her way of thinking and she can acclimate. She's a superhero in this way. Yeah. Um, so on one hand, I wish I was like that. And then the other is recognizing what your own body is telling you, what your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. My strength is to push through exhaustion uh, personal issues or what have you to perform or to get after to be creative. That's a strength. But a weakness is I do have a really sensitive system. So to answer your question, if I go to Europe and just live off bread, which I have the bread and butter, you know, my obsession with butter. Yes, I do. You don't know at home, but everyone who knows me, it, it's what does Brad say? The, the bread is just a vehicle for the butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Europe, they have a divine, it's is your plate of butter. It's like it shines. Uh, but this is interesting, too, because I I'm do... saying that would affect me if I go pasta. Pasta I barely can deal with. Right. I can barely uh, digest. But you have a proclivity for fats. Yeah. And yet you do not like fatty meats. No. Which I've always gone like. What is this? She loves butter. She loves avocado. She loves coconuts. Yeah. Coconut oil. But I have tried to serve you fatty meat and you are like, not into it. Yeah. I think that's the psychological, but it's also just your body, what it, what it likes, even in plant-based food, which I've done that uh, just because I I really enjoy it. And conceptually, I love the idea of just living on plants. However, if it's heavy in nuts and legumes, it completely slows down my system. Like yeah. it's not fuel. So it's really just learning. I like some of those diets. What's the 30, 30? Whole what 30. Whole 30. The concept of it where you're learning what your body responds well to. Yeah. And I think I don't know the science behind this and I don't know if it is necessarily scientific, but I know for me. Like, I have been eating the way that makes me feel the best. Yeah. And if I deviate from that, I know I'm going to feel crappy. Uh-huh. I'm going to feel good while I eat it. Maybe for a little while afterwards, the next day or later that night, I'm going to feel crappy. And and that crappy feeling, I'm going to have to, like, push through. Mm-hmm. But if I start to eat crappy and keep eating crappy... Then that feeling of crappiness goes away. I never feel great, but it stops affecting me in a way of like, oh, I can spot where I ate something and had a direct result, a direct negative result. Meaning 
I have this thing, I don't know if I made it up, but toxins crave toxins. Yeah. So if you're just eating crappy and toxic, actually good food, good fuel will upset your system because yeah. you're so conditioned to being numbed out kind of physically and on a cellular level and eating crappy. So I always want to also inspire, tell anybody, even if you're starting to work out or eat good give yourself a week to like start changing the the system i guess you could liken it to a vehicle putting crude oil versus right i don't really know the metaphor but somewhere in there well i mean changing cars from diesel to, to gasoline yeah or like a vehicles a yeah low quality gasoline to like a real premium there you right. go yeah. i think if you put diesel fluid into a gas driving car it will just break it. it'll break down yeah, yeah. Um, i did that in europe actually i put gasoline into a diesel car mm-hmm. and it just it just stopped. didn't work well anymore. there's the metaphor yeah i do want to say to people since you had have me on is or uh, that i am so more than ever more than when i was a kid where you're kind of sometimes immersed in your own trauma or drama yeah. <laughs> uh, as a young person you're just sifting it out figuring it out and then you realize priorities and what matters what doesn't that comes with age um but for me the mental spiritual energy your physical energy and mental health is all it's all connecting and how you get get to it to make yourself um more fluid is is what's going to be specific to you. So for me, when I do have time, like I'm super into the healing arts, like Reiki, which is this energy-based hands-on, hands-off approach and acupuncture, but all of these are designed to unstick stuck energy flows. And the same with when we eat well or have supplements, you're trying to just make the, the machine run in a really fluent way fluid way so that hopefully you can then function and be happier and unlike that so sometimes you can go like i said outside in or inside out change your thinking and therefore affect your physical self i think you saw that documentary heal so good i loved i loved it yeah i and i know the girl who wrote that book She's gonna. She's gonna come on here. She's awesome. Oh, good. I might just sit in the corner and just listen. You're welcome to. She I'm really into healers now. Mind you, it doesn't always work. We have for our set. You have to figure out what works for you. But I just, I just love it on a um, conceptual level of belief because I've believed my way into having a positive day, and I've believed my way into having a shitty day or yeah. a crappy experience. And that's a trip. We get a lot of questions. And one of them is like, I work these long hours yeah. and it's really hard. And and when I read that, I go like, hell man, if I had a schedule, the yeah. easiest thing for me to do is to program a schedule for myself. Like I'm not saying long days are are not brutal. They're brutal. They can be hard. They can be taxing. Oh, you mean when you have a set time, you can work around it and it gives you structure. I will figure out where to get my stuff in. Right. Where I kind of fall apart or where I struggle is when my schedule is up in the air and it's like, I'm in a new city. There's no prediction on when I'll be working or the hours I'll be working. Yeah, too much time on your hands. Yeah, and and so then I can go like, okay, well, I'm not working tomorrow. I'll spend all day in the gym and finding food, but I might be working the next day. And so I'm constantly just trying to – how do you deal with the, the, the no schedule? This is exactly my challenge, again, because we grew up with – acting actually gave us structure for me – the great irony is it actually kept me out of trouble (laughs) is it gave me a sense of purpose, something I was good at and structure and responsibility. And I thrived under those circumstances. So when you don't have it, you do, that's where I get into patterns that work for me, like a five minute little meditation of just thanking God or things that are going well in your life, giving gratitude and then setting the energy of the day. I don't always do that. Um, So then it becomes a walk with my dogs. That's a very meditative, uh, sweet activity. Yeah. And that can set your energy. And then 
uh, yeah, for me, it helps that I'm doing all the things I can do when I, or all the things I can't do while I'm working. Um, so I'm decorating, you know, decorating my house or uh, seeing friends. Um, but I try to do my workout routine. I do probably four to five workouts a week and if I can. If you find yourself in a new city that yes. maybe doesn't have your the staples that you use here in New York. Or At the very or, least, I do a 30-minute uh, workout. Like if you have a, a gym, template for yourself. Yes. There's always a tw- 20 minutes on the treadmill and 10 minutes of lifting, crunches, burpees, uh, anything like that. Um that seems to be that'll do you right. Yeah. And if you could do twenty or thirty minutes, if there is no gym, then I'll do squats or little push-ups or and how figure is, it out for how, ten minutes. But it's harder when there's no equipment. Right. I like yeah, but you stuff. can. But you, it sounds like you can. You can figure out a workout if there's no equipment. You can walk or run outside. I definitely burpees. always walk. I have to get space because I and I feel a lot of creative people and just people in general, I can have a lot of mental activity and sort of implode with too much thinking. So I'm always trying to release the weight of the head really in your thought patterns and walks are, are instrumental yeah. in, you know, and just looking around environment and getting extroverted. I did want to say, Oh, to your person who asked the question of your schedule, I found because when things seem impossible, I've had an impossible schedule, impossible workloads, so much stress. Like I years ago, I remember doing a job. There were so many problems, actors fighting with their boss and and nothing. No one was happy on the set. It was a real miserable experience. I was away from family, friends in living in Toronto. And I the one pleasure of my day were these maple cream filled cookies <laughs> and i became a cookie addict right cuz that's all the pleasure of my day was eating dipping in coffee and eating cookies so cuz everything sucked on this this set so i had to break that cuz i was really miserable it was miserable internally and externally so i started with all right let's do no cookies today right. and then have a water when you're thinking of the coffee or if you're going to have coffee, drink water afterward, go outside and get um, 10 minutes of sunshine during your lunch break. So I just, you slowly put in these like positive soul nurturing things and you'll slowly, that's that you'll change it. You'll flip over the stress. Yeah. (laughs) I turned it around. You got to have cream filled those maple cream. They're my favorite cookies in Canada. I haven't had this and I'm scared (laughs) about them because it sounds super dangerous. (laughs) You know, no, I'm saying it sounds really good. Oh, they're my favorite cookie. I'm like, that would be my sweet is cookies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have backup plans? I was doing a movie in Louisiana, it's called The Hunt. Yes, Very I'm exciting. so excited. It's yes. such a brutal and strange concept, but it's and the president is tweeting negatively about it again, which I think best. is so fantastic. Amazing. I want to see an advertisement that says the pre- the movie the president yeah, doesn't the, want you to see. Yes, it's a great advert. Then we're just winning, mm-hmm. you know. It's a black comedy, no, yeah, and thriller. Yeah, it's a mix. It's yeah, it's a shoot 'em up black comedy. Yeah, I yeah, think, dark, yeah. or they call it dark. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Louisiana, and in fairness, a lot of stuff is fried. A lot of stuff is covered in butter. So I would, no matter how long the day was, you know, and I would go shop for oh, yeah, a couple days at a time, this. but I would go to a grocery store and buy vegetables and protein and things that were part of my eating yes. program at the time. But then there was the day that I overslept, had to rush to make it to the van, got in the van, was 15 minutes from my hotel and realized I forgot my food. Your ration. That's like me going, my rations. I bring my own food to set. So do I. I don't rely on the the catering. And where we drive an hour, we're we're cuckoo, no doubt. I won't say the effort. No, it is weird that you have 200 people showing up to a place that's, you know, on a movie, it's often... 
far in the middle, from nowhere. Civilization. Yeah, people don't. And know. so it's catered, but it's sometimes the, not. Yeah, and it's crazy. They don't. You could have fried catfish and rice and beans. It's, I've had that. I worked in Mississippi. Yeah, same. It was my okay. Go on. And so I'm just saying, like, what do you do on a day where where the plan that you've oh, diligently fails. rehearsed falls apart? My biggest problem I've had is when there's no food. Again, we're all preconditioned. I go back to that little starving child living in Florida who had two bites of eggs for for breakfast. Then, you know what happens there, Ethan? You're all left with the mental. Um, You know, we know. And now I'm being funny, guys. I'm not so suffering. But we all have our own um, challenges that we faced in in life. And, um, so I've had it where for me it's sleep and memorizing lines. So I've had it where I had eight pages of dialogue. I'm not sleeping to save my life. I have to get up at four 30 in the morning and I've laid there and, um, gone. Well, you have nothing. You're, you're doomed to f- failure. You're either doomed <laughs> to failure you're, you're going to forget because people are not, you forget lines. I forget lines very easily if I'm not underslept. So then I just do, I'm going to have a great day. Get through the first part of the day. You're going to have a lot of energy. Okay. It might be challenging after lunch. Then you're going to, that's when you rest. I went to a chiropractor once who helped me with insomnia. He's like, you know what? Forget about sleeping. Don't try sleeping. When you lay down and you're like, oh my God, I got to get to sleep. You're telling the body it has a job to do. So your body starts going, what? We're doing a job? Oh, what's this? Oh, we've got to sleep. So he like described that your body's going into job mode. And he goes, just lay down to rest. Just feel your hands rest. Feel like, oh, the pillow is so nice. <laughs> so he like, And you wind up relaxing yourself. You can re- yeah. rest your body. Yeah. So to answer your question, I have done that. I've forgotten my protein shake, apples, all these little snacks that help me. And I, you know, I'll get what's there. I'll get some nuts. I will eat. That's where you will have chips or the muffin or whatever, just because it is better that if you need some brain fuel, it's better. So you're basically not so rigidly dogmatic no. on what this is you're, you're you're making a deviation to to survive. Well, because for my thing, it's function and it's knowing those lines, being able to emote or cry or whatever you're having to do. And I do always need fuel for that. Now, people who are uh, regular jobs or that's more administrative, the key is you don't want to, because I've also snacked out of boredom where it's just, just this repetitive. And I've noticed I've been doing it more at parties. I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a nervous eater. I have social anxiety. I always have to stuff my face. I'll try to have it be the healthy hors d'oeuvres. But I was like, oh, let's break that pattern. Let's just try to keep our hands still or just just be, work on being. Yeah. I was just going to say what I'm taking from this. is <laughs> I have my own problems. No, no we all kidding. do. You have a real amazing awareness yes. of your own body and not only what, like, you know that you need to eat all, you know, two to three hours you need to eat. And you know that when you eat things that are sugar or I starch, whatever, you don't feel well. But then on top of it, because kind of to what you said, because I can go between these two things. So you said when you get in a pattern of eating badly, you kind of get, I don't want to say numb, but you just don't feel bad anymore. You just, that's how you feel. So you have a real, I think, discipline or strength that it's more important to you. I guess I'm asking you, is it more important to you that you feel good so that's why you stick with those things that fuel you in the proper way. Like, I've never heard you talk about sweets, you know, beside from this cookie. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because my job gives me more discipline than when I don't have a job. Mm. So that's my tough thing is finding out so, just how to take care of myself and self-care when I don't have a big function to do and where mm-hmm. other people aren't relying on me, but just I'm relying on me. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, yes, I'm so conditioned to listening to or noticing how I feel because when I was younger and I didn't necessarily do that, I just didn't didn't know why I was feeling certain ways. So now through growth and age, you want to figure answer those questions. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I have in spades is I've always been a fighter. So even when 
even I'll even fight the thought pattern like, why do you have to take care of yourself? Well, so what? Like the arguments in my head. And I'm like, so I, that's when I'm like, okay, just be treat yourself shitty. Let's see what happens. And then I'll see what happens. Oh, I never want to get out of bed. I'm depressed. I'm tired. So so now, you know, we have balance. Yeah. I'm, I'm 46. So, you know, you learn a few things by this age. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I think um, uh, Robert Sapolsky, who's a professor either of biology or sociology or anthropology, he... I want to know him. Do I need He's to awesome. Okay. He will break... Does he have a book or lectures? He, he has both. You can... He has amazing YouTube lectures, but... Zapolsky. Sapolsky. Sapolsky. Robert Sapolsky. He breaks this down in strictly biological terms. Okay. And then you have philosophers like yeah. Gurdjieff who break this down in philosophical terms where it isn't just me. There is no just singular me. I am made up of components and whatever the influence is, if it's lack of sleep, you know, like one part of me has this goal and this is my goal. Any other part of me, another I or a biological impulse or a compulsion that's just another eye. Yeah. It's not necessarily more like or less significant. Right. Aspect of yourself. And which one to follow. And suddenly Sapolsky will talk about like there's no free will because it's like all these biological factors come into every decision you make. And Gurdjieff would just say that like there's a lot of you. You he says man is legion, literally, because you'll have conflicting ideas. Well, it's this is what's funny is I know structure is good for me, like a schedule, a routine. However, I've been booked out for two months when I have too much schedule and structure. I, I actually physically feel claustrophobic or claustrophobic and I'll have a sabotage urge. So now I've learned like, and I've even told my publicist, because there's things you like better than others. Promotion is not really one of them. We don't thrive to go and talk about ourselves and be questioned. Uh, so when you have too much of that, like I finally told my publicist, hey, I can't do it where I get three hours sleep in New York. We wake up at four and worked a 12-hour day incessantly talking about myself. Like I I will have a nervous breakdown. But that I learned that like, oh, don't be a people pleaser. Be able to say no to protect your own mental health. Um, but that's just so funny that because I was going to say we also deal in opposites. So if things are going well, you know, the opposite thought like, wow, you're doing really good. I, I wonder who's going to die. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, or. Yeah. You, it's you, terrible. You set this course and you're going along the course and everything is going great. And then uh, and then some or other. Why part do of I you feel bad? Like, yeah, or you're exactly. anxious. Too much comfort. Not enough comfort. You'll feel anxious. So somewhere yeah. in the middle. We are filled with contradictory ideas and compulsions and habits that we don't necessarily agree with that some part of us obviously agrees with because we're doing it. You yeah. know what I mean? And And it's just interesting kind of navigating that it is oh man it's weird too you know what the one thing i was thinking about with age is i want to read more books on aging but i guess that's just more philosophy no, i mean and how to be in the moment a lot of physical things happening biologically with age too because yes well you're nearer to death so on a cellular level things are old injuries have memory they're they're they can get stuck that's why i like acupuncture and well learning what's going on so you know uh, about your body Yes. So there's a Greek philosopher who has been quoted as saying, change is the only constant in In life. life. He didn't know about death and taxes, this guy. (laughs) They're constant. I really want to say his name, but I'm not going to say it right. Try. Does it have the, what's the dictation or the pronunciation? No. Heraclitus? Heraclitus. Oh, you you didn't want to say some last part of that page? No, I just knew okay. I would say it wrong. I think he was is... the really ugly one, right? The Greek philosopher. No, All right. Well, Juliet. Wait, I oh, tell got me. to get this <laughs> tell thought me. I on. I want to hear it. On the thing about aging. I'm going to drive away from this interview and remember 
what in the car, what I was thinking, priorities. Like you realize things you worried about when you're younger don't exist. They were so silly, right? But on the other hand, you also have new anxieties or the things that are stronger, different fears. And I think that that does come with mortality or knowing mortality is real, more real than ever. So I don't know. This is it's tricky. For instance, I had to ride a horse and I used to be fearless. I used to ride as a kid relatively fearless. We'd set up jumps in our backyard. I did barrel racing one third rate, a third place at 10 (laughs) little, a little trivia about me. And then I had to ride a horse like 15 years ago was terrified. Brandy. Yes. Who I'm married to always has talked about her growing up with horses. We look back and marvel at the superheroes we were at 10. Should we clarify that <laughs> yes. these these weren't necessarily the same people who were giving you one bite of egg? It was Oh, my different family? Yes. <laughs> there was there was different like the the one who the, was giving you a bite of egg and say, sending you to school was little, not necessarily the one who had horses at your house. No. Were, well, what you should know is we had a colorful black background where yes. we went through hard times without money. Same with my dad. So yes. I live with my dad and we had a, a little ranch, but it was a little ramshackly ranch. Yes. And sometimes we got Christmas presents. Sometimes we didn't. So right. you never knew with the money. There okay. was one. But we had horses. There was one Thanksgiving yeah. that we had at our house where we invited only immediate family my immediate family minus brandy and my children who are obviously immediate family was a sister a mom and a dad and the entire dinner was 47 people all the lewis people yeah. Our all family? the lewis people and the extension and the batleys and Ugh, the, it was and a mom. it was a lot of people anyway so yeah. yes a, colorful, a lot of kids so were yes because somebody could hear this and go how did they have one bite of eggs oh, and it. horses? Yes. I just wanted to clarify well, that. Well, later the horse in life, fed well. <laughs> in our teens, yeah, my, our horses got fed and the kids starved. No, yeah. early in my childhood, we grew up in a tiny apartment in Hollywood and then also in the floor, in Florida. My dad and my mom split. You know, anyway, we struggled and then I lived a little bit later uh, with my dad and he did good. He was just, his career was just starting to pick up and yeah, we had horses, fearless kids later in life. Yeah. You Brandy, were going to say my sister is terrified. She, she always has a horrible accident. She told these stories <laughs> about being a six-year-old kid who would go out and Jump feed horse. the horse and yeah. put a saddle on and get on the horse and ride it all around. Like, and who like, is this person? Yeah. And then we're in Hawaii, and she's saying, like, let's go horseback riding because I'm such a great horseback rider. I'm terrified. Like, I don't, I've never been on a horse. I'm a big dude to get on a horse. Yeah. No horse wants me climbing on top no, of it. Like, she oh, said, shit, no, we're going to get guy. a Clydesdale, and you're going to just jump on this monster, which makes me even more terrified. <laughs> Two more damage. Cut two. She has to be rescued from her horse. They have to send a four wheel drive vehicle to pull her out of a bush. And not me. I was like, you know, Indiana Jones by the end of the day, waving my hat around, charging up the thing. There's the difference. Yeah. These things of when you were fearless as a kid. See, that's what I'm trying to hone or protect or bring back areas where you were fearless. Well, then it's because you learn consequence. Also, right. after, you, after you fall off a horse and realize a horse can... For me, it's again, I'm like, I respect you too much, little animal. Yeah. You should not be tamed. You should be wild. And I should not be riding you. Yeah. Yes. I had fun the one time I've ridden a horse. You merged. Yeah. Other than like being three in a park where a horse is like, and that was really painful, like chained up to a thing Mm, and it just walks you in a circle. circle. That was pretty. Sad. But other than that, I rode a horse once and felt very exhilarated. You know, it sounds like you and your horse created a partnership. Yeah. It was sort of like mano y mano, but horse. I really had to pretend that I was in charge. Uh huh. And then eventually I realized, oh, I I am actually in charge. This thing's going to, this horse. I mean, it's a thing. I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. Okay, but oh, okay. It, it was gonna, it was gonna do what I told it to do. Oh. And 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 I was really faking my way through it at first. I can't believe you felt 
powerful enough because I once they indoctrinate you with a horse senses your fear, they know you're scared. Don't they do that with dogs yeah. too? So if you have fear, I'm like, oh my God, he knows I'm scared. I'm pretend I'm not scared. And you do a smile like the horse is gonna be fooled. But yeah, yeah Brandy said that to me. Because I was terrified, and she was like, it's going to know you're scared. And I I was like, okay, I'm just going to really, really pretend not to be scared and, and tell this guy who's the chief. And, I, and it was complete fake it until you make it. And that is, as actors, our superpower, Ethan Supply. That's right. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Believe it, maybe believe it's true and it's true. Okay, just kidding. Yeah, we did it, guys. We did it. Thank yes, you for coming, a lot of information. Awesome. Woohoo! Love it. <laughs> I'm so glad we got to talk about Brad too. Yeah, that yes. was. I love it. That was. Yes, Paige. I have a question. Okay. This comes from a friend of ours, Bree, and wanted to know, you mentioned macros. Yeah. A lot of people mention macros. Okay. Um, and she wanted to know if you could really break that down. What for, for the layman who really is just starting out and trying to figure out how to get into a diet plan um, or regimen, what is a macro? What are macros? Okay. Thanks for your question, Bree. So what are macros? That's a good question. Macro means large. Right. So it's, it's kind of, it's the macro is short for macronutrient. It's a very large and all encompassing general thing that the body uses. And there are three major macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Now, obviously fat can mean a bunch of stuff that could be an egg yolk. That could be the white part of a steak sitting on the side that could be an avocado or or the main component of an avocado protein you can find a ton of protein in vegetables like spinach and broccoli you can find protein in a chicken breast um, you can get protein in a powder form made by peas or soy or whey or casein carbohydrates are you know, vegetables also have a lot of carbohydrates, but then there are specifically carb-heavy vegetables like potatoes, beets, corn, pasta is mainly carbohydrate, bread is mainly carbohydrate, rice is mainly carbohydrate. So the way the body uses these different things, protein, from what I understand, repairs muscle tissue, okay? Carbohydrates, from what I understand, allow the muscles to be saturated, hydrated with water and thus give them more energy. Fat, your body uses fats to absorb some nutrients and to help produce certain hormones. So each one of those macronutrients plays a very specific role in the body. The body can, as a fuel-burning machine, switch from glucose, which is gotten either from carbohydrates or through glucogenesis from protein. Your liver can turn protein into glucose. And that is kind of like the gasoline to your car. Or your body being this really high-tech machine, you can switch it over to diesel. That's a rough metaphor and your body can get fuel from ketones which are created by fat as far as i can understand your body will produce ketones if you are giving it a ton of fat and very little carbohydrates and not enough protein to create glucogenesis your body will just naturally switch over to fat burning um, but it will also switch over to fat burning if you're starving and you can be in a super low caloric deficit and see that you're in ketosis also. Generally, the way our diets are, most people are using glucose as fuel. And unless you're in doing keto or on a very, very heavily calorically restricted diet, you will be burning glucose. Did that explain that? Yeah. So basically a macro, macros are these three main groups 
of nutrients. Yeah. Right. So you have your protein, your carbohydrates, and your fat. Yeah. I mean, the the there is a a fourth thing, which is fiber that the body uses, um, but it's not used in the same way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, I. You know, fiber can slow down the absorption of carbohydrates. So, like, the difference between a berry and uh, however many carbohydrates are in the same amount of a berry but in uh, Coke, mm-hmm. like a thimble full of Coke or whatever it is, the berry, because of its fiber, will slow down the body's absorption of the carbohydrate. So fiber does play a part in that. It also does a lot of stuff for gut health and you know, so yeah. there's those three plus fiber and and then there are micronutrients and I'm not even going to get into that. Let's not even talk about micronutrients. Then we get into like vitamins and minerals and all this craziness. Thank you for clearing that up. I will relay the message and see. Yeah, it's really the three major components of what the body uses yeah. to as fuel. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.